welcome to episode 35 of Screaming Through the Ages, a horror movie history podcast. I am your host, Trey Whetstone, coming here from Columbus, Ohio, and in this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. So, with the World Baseball Classic coming up, and if you don't know what that is, every, I think, four years, it's kind of like the World Cup, they get these teams together, these baseball teams from around the world, or I should say at least the it's like a national thing, like there's U.S., there's Cuba, there's Japan, there's South Korea, things like that. And they play basically in pool play, kind of like the World Cup and all that stuff. And they determine, you know, which team is the best. Well, with that starting up, I kind of wanted to do the same, but with international horror. When I say, and everyone who listens to this probably knows that how much I love international horror and horror from around the world, and I think a good portion of the audience at least does too. With this, I kind of wanted to, I, this started initially as like a starter guide for international horror and talking about some of the best movies from some of these other smaller countries. But I think I wanted to do this and how this is going to go down. So on this episode, I'm going to basically go down through the list of the 32 countries that I have selected to compete in this competition. Hopefully I didn't leave many countries out of this. I know it came down to the end of deciding between, you know, this country has like a couple of solid movies or this one has one that's better than those two. Which one do I pick? There were definitely some countries left out. If I missed anything major, let me know. I think it's probably a little too late to change it at this point, but I do want to know if I left any country out that you think deserve to be in it. I at least think this is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if you don't think that, then I'm sorry for that. And you can, uh, you know, feel free to skip this episode and skip along to the next one. But how this is going to go down is I'm going to run down through the list of 32 teams. First of all, I'll just reveal, I split them into four different sections. And sports fans will probably be familiar with this, but, you know, I seeded the teams basically. There's going to be eight different pools, quote unquote, or groups that they're playing in. So, you know, teams one through eight are the top seeds in each group. And then, you know, nine through 16 is the next level in each group, so on and so forth. So I'll go down, list how those are laid out, and then I'll go pool by pool, breaking down which teams are in each pool and basically give cases for, you know, what movies they have, what series that they have out there. And from there, it's going to be up to the audience and community members. I will put out daily polls, and how this will work is I'll put out a poll. So say with pool A, we've got four teams in there. I'll put out a poll that says, you know, choose which one you think deserves to win this category. The one with the top two votes will move on to the next round. So whichever two countries get the most votes, they're going to move on. And That will continue until we get down to probably like the final four, and then we'll have head-to-head matchups, of course. But that's how it's going to go. So Pool A, the top two teams that get votes there, they're going to go ahead and move on to play the winners of Pool B in the same kind of style four-team pool. Um, Twitter and Facebook will decide who wins those, and we'll just keep going until a winner is finally crowned. Now, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, and it certainly could be a situation where everyone just votes for one country within a poll. If that happens, I'm sure I'll have like a runoff poll or something like that to determine which of the other three goes on. 
you know, if you want to vote for one of the other countries, you know, there's a clear number one and you're being like, hey, this one I definitely want to move on, but it looks like it's got support and you want to vote for another one. That's fine. Whatever, whatever you want to do, however you want to approach this, but that is how it's going to work. So with the combined results of those, I'll keep it moving forward each day. And yeah, I'll do a little episode update. It'll probably just be a quick one um, to give the results of the winner when this is all over. But let's go ahead and get into this. Like I said, if you think this is a dumb idea, if you don't want to listen to it, then go ahead and just turn the episode off. I won't be offended at all. And give me your feedback on it. If you like this, if you don't like it, if you think it'll be fun, whichever way, just let me know. So the first eight teams and how I kind of did this was uh, there were a clear probably six teams in this top round. Now when we get to, you know, the eight and nine, it's a little muddy. It's ultimately not going to matter too much. It's seriously just where you're placed within a pool and the voting is going to decide who wins this. But this is where I kind of structured these and there's none, whether, I mean, there obviously are some better than the others. But I didn't put these in any order when I was ranking them. It's just here are the first eight, here's the second eight, here's the third eight, here's the fourth eight. And then they're put into the pools like that. The first eight seeds, the top seeds in this tournament are the UK, Italy, South Korea, France, Japan, Spain, Australia, And I think this is going to be a little bit controversial. I went with Indonesia just because of the output, you know, in several different time periods. I think this was really a three-team fight for that last one. But again, it's not really going to matter when it gets down to the voting. So the second set of seeds here are Germany and Mexico, which were the two that were in competition with Indonesia. Thailand, Taiwan, New Zealand, Norway... Sweden, and the Netherlands. So that's the next group of eight. And then for the third group, we have Hong Kong, Argentina, Brazil, Ireland, India, South Africa, Poland, and Finland. And then for that final group here, I've got Belgium, Austria, Iran, Malaysia, Russia, Macedonia, Denmark, and Senegal to round out. Now, I didn't even say at the top of this, if you're thinking there's one international, and I'm doing this international from like a U.S. standpoint, if you're saying there's one international market that's pretty big that's missing there is Canada, that for all intents and purposes has been counted as the kind of North America, I mean, it's very much domestic. When you look at box office numbers, anything like that, it's considered domestic. And I'm not saying like, Canada and U.S. are far superior to any other country. I'm not saying that. The whole point of this was to be international, and I don't think Canada's usually included in international markets. Mostly I was basing this off of how like the box office does it, and that's pretty much any country that's not Canada and the U.S. isn't counted as domestic. So that's the reasoning behind that. So don't get your pitchforks out, Bill, or anything like that. Canada is a great country. It would absolutely be a number one seed in this tournament but I've always considered it in with the U.S. All right, so hopefully this will start to make a little more sense. So those are the seedings, and I'm going to go into the polls uh, one by one and kind of tell you who's in it, 
who's going to be facing off against each other and make a case for each. And this is going to serve as kind of also that international starter guide because I'm going to give you my picks of like what you should start with in that territory if you haven't watched anything from them or don't know where to start. So I'm kind of going to do that and get into detail on the countries as we go through. So pool A, and this is the first pool. This one consists of the UK, the Netherlands, Finland, and Denmark. And no, I didn't do this by regional basis or anything like that. It was all just luck of the draw where you got based on your seeding. So, you know, UK is a one seed, Netherlands a two seed, Finland a three seed, Denmark a four seed, so on and so forth. So let's start with the obvious one in the UK. The UK's brought us so much great stuff. And if you want to talk about, I mean, they've done a number of decent films today. I think they're still going pretty strong. I know, I think the power of the UK as far as their movies really was during the early days and the hammer days and all that. That is mostly, like, that's the number one main thing the UK is known for. But there are still some really big films out there that they're done that I don't know if people realize or consider to be UK films all the time. For example, when we're talking about something like The Haunting is absolutely a UK film, or The Innocence, and maybe this is just me, maybe I didn't think about it, but you've got Hellraiser as well. Then you've got great movies like 28 Days Later and Shaun of the Dead and The Descent. And it really does, I mean, I guess they do kind of stretch their their footprint all over the place. I mean, I'm looking at a list here and I kind of put together ones that I really liked, some recent ones that I liked. I really liked a, a horror comedy called When the Screaming Starts from last year. Censor, of course, which came out a couple years ago, and Last Night in Soho as well, which I think are great. You've got smaller things like The Power. You've got something like St. Maud, even The Lodge, which I think Hammer was involved in. And I'll get to Hammer in a minute. Host from 2020 is a big one. Uh, on the smaller side, you've got things like Wounds, Apostle. You've got The Ritual from David Bruckner. Something like The Girl with All the Gifts. I'm Not a Serial Killer, which I liked both of those. In Fear, which is an interesting one. And then Outcast as well, which I think is on about the same playing field. These are just like some recent things that they've done. Uh, Kill List by Ben Wheatley. Triangle by Christopher Smith. You've got Eden Lake. That uh, Silent Call of Cthulhu film. Attack the Block. I mean, this is all the recent stuff they've done. And then they did something like Ghost Watch, which people know. I'm not going to get into Ghost Watch anymore because I've talked about that on so many episodes. But when you get back into their older stuff, and they've got, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy was made here, and some of, you know, a lot of those earlier on Alfred Hitchcock movies, which I don't think got the notoriety and I don't like as much as his older output, but Frenzy is definitely a really good one. You've got something like Peeping Tom from Michael Powell. You've got the Amicus films. So you've got, you know, Tales from the Crypt and Asylum, and all those types of movies that were horror anthologies, and all that. I mean, I was just doing those episodes on the witch movies, and a lot of those, the witch hunter and witch movies, a lot of those are coming from the UK. You know, Witchfinder General, Blood on Satan's Claw, The Wicker Man, are ones that I covered there. And then, yeah, to go along with that, you've got other folk horror movies like Robin Redbreast, which I think is really cool. And you've got something like Horror Express, too, which I think is at least part in the UK. 
something like Repulsion that was Roman Polanski film, which I think is underrated and not talked about enough. I love Repulsion. Um, it's just a large swath of stuff. They did a lot of older stuff. They've done a lot of newer stuff. They've just done so much. There's so much stuff that's come out of the UK. And we have even talked about Hammer. And I think Hammer is their bread and butter. I mean, really, they kind of created a name for themselves on that Hammer label. And there's so many good ones. I like things like The Devil Rides Out and The Plague of the Zombies and Twins of Evil, Captain Kronos. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I think that is the mainstay and the main sticking point. Now, I find it hard to believe most horror fans haven't seen a film from the UK. If you seriously haven't seen anything on this list, I mean, definitely start with... I think those aughts films are going to be... Well, it depends what you're into, right? If you're starting older, you know, watch some of those Hammer films or watch The Haunting. Again, I find it so hard to believe. But maybe there are people out there who haven't checked out any of these. But The Haunting, The Innocence, Peeping Tom, those older films are definitely classics. And then if you like the newer stuff, if you tilt more towards newer... I mean, there's 28 Days Later and Shaun of the Dead, which I think are two of the best films of the aughts. And then you've got The Descent as well, if you want something a little rougher. I just think there's so much to go off of with UK horror. And I think with a lot of these top countries is they have so much stuff and have done so much stuff, it's kind of hard to separate it from just horror in general. And from the list of classics, they're just kind of ingrained in it and a second nature. But let's go ahead and move on to the next country here, and that is the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands is definitely one where most people are asking, like, hey, what have they done? How are they this high up? Well, I think they've done a lot of good stuff in recent years, and it's really come out in the last few years. We've gotten stuff from the Netherlands. But if you want to go first and foremost, I mean, they did, and that's up to you whether you like these movies or want to check them out, but they did do the human... The Human Centipede trilogy comes from this country. And then you have something like Scent or Saint, which I haven't seen. It's a Christmas horror movie, but I know that one has a lot of buzz within the community. You've got something like Speak No Evil from last year, which got a lot of praise. You've got something I love, which is this thriller called Tailgate. And I think that was 2021. Also from 2021, you have The Columnist. And that was a really fun, like, horror satire film. And then you have something like Moloch. And Moloch was from last year. A lot of people liked this movie. I like this movie a lot as well. I think there's just some cool things coming from this country. You've got, like, things like Scent and Moloch, which I think dive into maybe some mythology and background in the country. And then you've got other things like Columnist and Tailgate and Speak No Evil, which I think kind of transcend you know, any particular region and are just kind of widespread, like everyone's dealing with these issues or could deal with these issues. Human Centipede is what it is. If you're going to start with any of these things, I think the most easy way in is something like Moloch or The Columnist. Tailgate's good if you like that kind of thriller, that darker thriller. So there's plenty of good stuff that's come out in recent years from the Netherlands, and hopefully we continue to get more. Okay, next up is Finland. And with Finland, we're getting to the point where there's not a ton that has come out of Finland. I do have three films here, and one of my absolute favorites from last year is on this list. 
Now, I tried to only include... So first and foremost, from these smaller countries, I'm going to include stuff I haven't seen. From the larger countries, I'm only going to talk about films that I have seen. From Finland, I had to include a couple that I haven't seen yet. And that would be Lake Bodum and Rare Exports. Rare Exports is another Christmas horror movie, which, I mean, makes sense from this region. I feel like we've got a lot of that kind of stuff. But Lake Bodum as well, I've heard is good. I haven't seen it yet. The one that I really love from Finland is Hatching. And Hatching just came out last year, and there's this great coming-of-age monster story. That would be my pick if you're going to watch anything from Finland, is Hatching, because I think Hatching got pretty good reviews across the board. I don't know too many people that didn't like Hatching. I think it's a solid place to start for Finland. But that's about all I have on that one. And then it's going to get even smaller as we get down through the list. But we've got Denmark. And Denmark actually does have a couple of horror movies that have come out that I've seen. And that is Shelley, which is a pretty good horror drama. And then you've got When Animals Dream, which is in line with Hatching as kind of that coming-of-age monster-type film. And I would I would say Shelley is definitely the more accessible of these ones. I liked both um, decently well. I don't think either of them are great, but I think they're definitely good, solid movies. That kind of rounds out the pull for Pool A. I'm going to be very curious when the voting starts for this, if everyone just votes for the UK and I have to do a runoff poll. I have no problem with putting like a Netherlands, Finland, and Denmark. And if you're from any of these countries, feel free to be Homer, man. Just, just root for your country and vote for your country. I'm not going to judge you either way, but I think in this one, you've got the UK that stands out kind of head and shoulders above the rest. I could foresee no one voting for the other countries in something like this. Because I don't think from, from like the Netherlands, I mean, there are people that love the human centipede, and I think those definitely have their part in the horror echelon. But I do, you don't really have a standout film from any of the other regions, except for, you know, I love hatching, but I don't think it's to the extent of some of these other countries. All right, so they will face off against Pool B, and Pool B consists of Indonesia, Germany, Hong Kong, and Belgium. Now, I think this is going to be a pretty wide-open pool, and I don't know who's going to ultimately come away from it. But I will go ahead. Indonesia, I think a lot of people know Indonesia from their recent success and their recent string of horror movies. But Indonesia also had a pretty good run in the 80s, and honestly, a lot of the movies that they've done today are based off of or remakes of films from earlier. You've got in Indonesia, you've got Satan's Slave from the 1980s and then Satan's Slaves. Now, I think the remake is better than the original in that case, but I really like the original as well. They're two very different things. You've got the Queen of Black Magic from the 80s and the Queen of Black Magic from just a few years ago. Um, Again, I would go with the remake in that situation, but they're both good. You've got both of the May the Devil Take You films, which I think are really good. You've got May the Devil Take You and May the Devil Take You 2. And then you've got Impetigore, which is, you know, the original film that Joko Anwar has worked on, or one of the original films. He's done some other stuff. I'm not as big of a fan as something like Ritual, 
but Joko Anwar and Timo Tahanto are pretty much the two main players in Indonesian horror. We've seen with like something like Queen of Black Magic, hopefully they're branching out and getting more filmmakers involved in this because I love the flavor of film that they do. Uh, then you've got something like Mystics in Bali, which is just an insane kind of out there horror movie. And I, I mean, not saying that Satan Slave and the original Queen of Black Magic weren't as well. And then you've got Lady Terminator as well to round off those 1980s Indonesian films. I think this is a really strong list. Oh, and you've also got, you know, we have the sequel to Satan Slaves that just came out last year with Satan Slaves to Communion. This is why I gave it the slight edge over Germany. I think they've just been doing, they have two different time periods where they've produced. And really they've been putting out such strong films. Like I think Satan Slaves and Impetigore are modern classics. And that's just my opinion. But it doesn't matter anyway because they've been paired with Germany here. And so let's take a look at Germany. Oh, I would say if you're starting with something in Indonesia, I think something like, I mean, Satan Slaves is good. I'd say Satan's Slaves, so the, you know, the 2018 film, or Impetigore, are where I would start. For Germany, you can go back a long way with Germany. You can argue that they started the horror genre with stuff like Dr. Cal- Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, um, Nosferatu. And the problem with Germany is there hasn't been a ton of notable stuff after that. But there are movies that, while they don't necessarily rise up above other things, I still really enjoy them and have fun with them. So outside of those older classics, they did do stuff like the Krimi films, which were the inspiration for Giallos. Now, I haven't watched any of those, so I don't know how much they veer towards horror or how much they're crime or if I even like them, but I wanted to put that out there. Things I have seen that I think are pretty good uh, Nosferatu the Vampire, which is a kind of loose remake with Klaus Kinski. Really like that one. Um, Nathan Bartlebaugh and I did an episode on that in the original Nosferatu. So you can go and check that out in our horror remakes episode. That was from about a year ago. Then you've got The Mark of the Devil, which I just talked about a couple episodes ago. Really like that one. Der Fan, or The Fan, from the 80s, I think is a really insane and interesting movie that you should check out if you haven't seen that one. Then finally for Germany, the other one that I've watched that I found was Blood Red Sky from just a couple years ago. Blood Red Sky was a lot of fun, so I think you can make a case for Germany just based on the legacy of what they've done for being a top seed, but you don't have to really worry about it because, you know, they're in this pool with Indonesia. If you're starting with something, you know, silent films can kind of be a, uh, hard barrier of entry if you don't mind that. I mean, definitely no Sferatu or The Cabinet of Dr. Calamgari. If you do mind that, I would say start with something like Nosferatu the Vampire from 1979. All right, next up is Hong Kong, and Hong Kong is an interesting one. Most of their stuff was older, but no, I guess they've done a decent amount of newer stuff as well. The problem with Hong Kong is I haven't seen a lot of these I have seen Human Lanterns from the 80s, which is a crazy kind of martial arts horror movie. I think it's definitely worth checking out just for how crazy it is. Then you have stuff like The Eye from the early aughts, which I have seen and enjoy that one. You've got something like Dumplings, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen the rest of these, by the way. 
We've got Dumplings, Rigor Mortis, The Imp, a movie called Three, so like the number, and then Dream Home, which is one I know Jay of the Dead has been rallying around over, you know, the past several years. So Hong Kong has a pretty decent slate of movies. It's just I haven't seen a lot of them, and I don't know if others have either. My, if I'm saying if you're going to get into this and start with it, now I haven't seen the other stuff. I think the eye is pretty accessible as far as that goes. It's, you know, a paranormal film, and you'll know that that was the basis of the Jessica Alba film that was remade in the late aughts, I believe. All right, and last up in this region is Belgium. So I think the thing that I've always known Belgium for is Daughters of Darkness. And I thought that was the only horror film from the region, and it is one of my favorite, but it turns out The Room from a few years back, maybe a couple years ago, I can't remember at this point, the one that went to Shudder, that one was based in Belgium, or at least, you know, had some kind of production in Belgium. So that's one of them. I really liked that one. And then Calvaire, which I haven't seen yet, but that is a Belgian horror film as well. This is pretty cut and dry for me. I would recommend Daughters of Darkness. That's not going to be the film for everybody. I think The Room is a perfectly fine... I think it's a good film. I like it. But I think it's a pretty basic horror movie if you want to get in. Your, if you want to dip your toes into to Belgium horror movies. But Daughters of Darkness, I think, is their best example. And that rounds out Pool B. So I will put up the pools for the polls for Pool A and Pool B. Um, A will come first, the two winners will move on, and they will match up against the two winners of Pool B. And I think Pool B is completely up for grabs. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to Pool C. And Pool C consists of France, New Zealand, India, and Russia. And this is an interesting one because I feel like France is one that really wouldn't have been very high if it hadn't been for the last... I don't know, 20 years or so of French horror movies that have just been killing it. They've at least been popular, not necessarily with everyone, but but for France, some that have come out in the recent few years that I've really enjoyed are Some Like It Rare and The Advent Calendar and Oxygen, which all of those were right around my top 10, top 15. Um, Candisha was also in my top 25. I don't know if Teddy was or not, but I really liked that one too. I really liked The Swarm. I liked The Deep House. I think that was okay. And then there's one that I wasn't completely convinced was French, so I don't know. I just found it when I was researching the subject, and that was Personal Shopper. So I really liked that one, whether it is or not. Um, I really like Personal Shopper. If we want to get into some of the French extreme, I like Livid a lot, which just came out, I think, last year, finally with a U.S. release. Uh, Martyrs, I thought, was decent. Inside is probably my favorite by far of the French stream. And then you have something like Them. And, you know, you have tons of stuff that has come out of France in that time. You have, I think, High Tension is a French film. I believe that one is. Maybe it's a German co-production. But there's that one. And then there is something like Frontiers. I mean, there's a ton of the French extreme and that is what they kind of made their name with in the aughts. Going back a little earlier, you have one called Delicatessen, which may just come up on a future episode. I don't know if you could call that strictly horror, but I really like Delicatessen. 
Then if you go back even further, you have things like the works of Genre Lin. And I'm a really big fan of Genre Lin. I know it's definitely not for everyone, just like, you know, Jess Franco's not for everyone in Spain. But I like a lot of his films. I like a little film called Don't Deliver Us From Evil, which is interesting and I think at least very unique. Then you've got classics, I think, with Eyes Without a Face and Diabolique. Those are black and white films that I think were revered at the time, or at least they have been looked upon fondly now. Then you have something called The Beast, which I want to see. This is something that Dave Dr. Shock Becker introduced me to, and or at least um, brought to my attention, and I'm interested in checking that one out. And then, of course, like Raw and Tatain which have come out in the recent few years as well. So France is pretty strong. I'd say there's a lot of films here that are just, I think the flavor is, you know, with something like Livid and Inside, and I think they also did Candisha and The Deep House, you get stuff that's at least different. And genre Lin films don't really feel a whole lot like anything else. And you've got something like Delicatessen and Don't Deliver Us From Evil. The Eyes Without a Face is crazy. I mean... A lot of these films are, and I think they just feel, they just really feel unique. Especially, you know, I was very much surprised by Some Like It Rare in the Advent Calendar. Those were two huge surprises for me the last couple of years, and ended up high up on my end-of-year list. So, I think France definitely deserves that one seed, and they'll be the favorites for Pool C, I think. Next up is one that I initially was thinking about seeding lower, but then... I looked at the output, and though it's not anything outstanding uh, in terms of like sheer numbers, I think there's some pretty solid movies in here, and ones that I didn't think about being from New Zealand. So, with New Zealand, you of course have Brain Dead and Bad Taste, which are two Peter Jackson early films. And then you have things like, and two films that I really enjoy are Deathgasm and Housebound. And with Deathgasm and Housebound, I think they're two really cool horror comedies that are completely different, but I love those two. And then you have a couple films that I've never seen called Black Sheep and The Locals, but those have been added to my list to watch. If you're going to start somewhere with this, it all depends on your tolerance for things. It's funny, I feel like there's, there is a tone of humor running through Deathgasm, Housebound, Brain Dead, Bad Taste, all that kind of stuff. I mean, for my money, Brain Dead is the best one here, Dead Alive. But that's not going to be for everyone. I would say, really, you're probably safer with something like Housebound if you want to get started in New Zealand and you're not into the more crazy stuff. But that one's still a little slapstick, too. And I don't think I mentioned for France a good starting point. I would say, honestly, watch one of those more recent films like Some Like It Rare or The Advent Calendar. I think those are good introductions, at least. Oxygen is a very digestible movie. And then you can move into deeper stuff. If you're into, you know, gore and insane violence and that, of course, check out things like Martyrs, Inside, all that kind of stuff. Okay, next up is India. And this one could have honestly gone the other way, too, moving up a seed. I just think the thing with India is its output is good, and I like a lot of the movies, but there's just not any standouts, I think. So, 
what we have here and some that I've liked in the past few years have been things like Chihori and Bulbul, which I think are underrated and not talked about nearly enough. I love both of those movies. And then you have Tumbad, which is just a visual feast for the eyes, and I guess Bulbul really is too. And I think Tumbad is probably the one that people will know the most out of the Indian horror stuff. And then you have some older stuff like um, Rot, R-A-A-T. I think that was Night is what it translates to, but that I talked about on the 1992 horror movies episode, and I really like that one and recommend it if you haven't seen it. There's also other ones I haven't seen, like Mahal and Ravening, the Bull Beholia series. I haven't had a chance to check that out, but I think there's that charm to the earlier Indian horror movies, and I think now they're starting to make some some pretty serious stuff and some pretty fun stuff as well. I mean, it is serious, but it's fun to look at these visuals and everything else and their storytelling methods. So India, I think, is definitely an up-and-comer. I can't wait to see what else comes out of India in the, the future here. As far as a starting point... I would say Tumbad is as good as starting point as any. I think it's a visual feast for the eyes. I think it's a pretty easy to follow story. And it's definitely worth your time if you haven't checked that out. That's an easy entrance point, I think. Last up on the list, list, there's not a lot of films out of this country, but it's Russia. I could think of a couple. Sputnik I really liked from a couple years ago. Sputnik's really good. And then you've got V, which... I think it's a decent movie as well, an older folk horror movie. Um, you've got that movie, The Touch, I believe it's called. I can't remember the Russian title, but that was one I covered with Jackson and Pastor Matt over on Father and Son Watch Horror Movies on our international horror episode. So that was another movie from Russia, and there just hasn't been a ton of output from there. And any way you slice it, I think, it's kind of lacking on the quality. I think Sputnik shows some promise. Maybe we'll get something decent out of Russia, but you never know with the way you know their society is set up and how their media is allowed to go out to others. I'm just not sure. I'm hoping for more good stuff from Russian filmmakers. As far as a starting point, I think take your pick. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a more modern sci-fi horror, definitely go with Sputnik. If you're looking for something older and a folk horror type film, then you can't go wrong with V either. Alright, they will be matching up against Pool D, which contains Japan, Taiwan, Ireland, and Malaysia. I think this is another interesting matchup, and I think it's going to be a very tough fight for that second slot to get out of here. Let's take a look at Japan first. And Japan, I think, really came to prominence with the J-horror stuff in the late 90s, a lot of those got remade into American films. But there's been Japanese horror sprinkled throughout as far back as probably the, the 50s are the most recognizable ones, I'd say. Japan has a pretty rich history post-World War II of films and the type of stuff they've proliferated, whether that's Akira Kurosawa or whether that's, you know, Ishiro Honda doing the monster films, the kaiju films. There's just a lot of stuff that's come out of Japan. As far as recently, we've got things like One Cut of the Dead, which I think is excellent. I can't really think of too much else that's come out recently from Japan. 
that I've really been into, but One Cut of the Dead has been one of my favorite films the last five years, and I think that one's so much fun. If you want to go back to that J-horror period, you've got, of course, things like Juon and Ringu and One Missed Call, and then you've got Pulse, which is a very interesting film in the sense that it takes a, it's pretty original, I think. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a whole lot else like it, but I really enjoy Pulse. You've got Audition, which I think Audition is fantastic, and you know, Takashi Miike has made so many horror films and so many great films in general. You've also got things like, you know, this Gamera trilogy, which I think is maybe just as much as any other kaiju film in the horror realm. The Gamera Heisei trilogy is incredible. That starts with Gamera Guardian of the Universe. And really, I mean, that's about as good as a kaiju film could get, I think, as some of those are. They're, they stand right up there with any of the other ones. I didn't cover those on my kaiju episodes, but... Those are definitely worth checking out. And then, of course, you've got the Godzilla films, the older ones, the newer ones, the newer, newer ones. You got a lot of Godzilla. I would argue that probably the original Godzilla and maybe Return of Godzilla, those are probably the ones that veer closest to horror, but there's always that element of giant monsters. You've also got Heruko, which I may have talked about in a future episode as well. Hiruko is a pretty insane film. It's a little bit, it's got a little bit of Evil Dead in it, I think. And it's got that zaniness, and it's a really fun movie if you haven't seen that one. Hiruko the Goblin. You've got some older ones, like, I think these came out in the 80s with Sweet Home and Evil Dead Trap, which are fine movies. You've got House, which I still haven't seen House. I need to see House or Haosu from the 70s, but I definitely need to check that one out. You've got something like Yokai Monsters, which is a cool little... Uh, it's a it's a 60s film, and they it's the same studio that put together the Daimajin movies. And they did a trilogy of these. I think the original one is the only one that really veers towards horror, but I think that one can be fun. And then you've got these older films even still with like Kwaidan and Onibaba and Ugetsu which are you know Japanese classics and it just goes I feel like they have something in about every decade you know they've been a little quiet here recently but you know they've had strong stuff in the 50s they've had strong stuff in the 60s had strong stuff in the 70s 80s 90s the early aughts I mean really and with one cut of the dead I mean, that makes up for a lot, but, and these are, I there, I know there's other stuff coming out of Japan for sure currently, but these are the ones I'm trying to mention with these bigger countries, ones that I've seen and ones that I enjoy, so. As far as where to start, I know I'm always going to recommend Godzilla, but that's not everybody's bag. Uh, one Cut of the Dead is a very good place to start, or something like Ringu, if you're looking for something a little more extreme, maybe Audition, there's a lot of good places to start with Japanese horror. Up next is one that might not have even made it on this list just, you know, five or six years ago, and that is Taiwan. Taiwan has made quite a name for itself, especially in the last couple years, and I think there's some fan favorites on here for sure, like The Sadness, which I think is a very solid movie. I might not be as high on it as some others, but I think The Sadness is a pretty good movie. And then you've got Incantation, which I, again, I think is a solid movie, uh, Detention, from last year, I believe, 2021, I think. That was a good one. 
One that I didn't necessarily like, but I know people do like, is Mon 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 Monsters. You've got Double Vision, and, and these are a few that I haven't seen. Or One called Double Vision, uh, one called The Bride Who Has Returned From Hell, and one called Nina Wu. Haven't heard of those, or I haven't watched those ones, but I've heard of those mentioned with Taiwanese horror films. If you're looking for somewhere to start, I don't, I don't know because it's all so weird. I'd say if you're not into the hardcore stuff, if you're into the hardcore horror stuff like the violence and the gore and that, definitely the sadness. But if not, I would say maybe lean towards more Incantation, I think is a very friendly film for newcomers. So that's that's a good way to get your foot in the water, dip your toes in the water and get started. Okay, next up in this pool, which you could have probably easily swapped these ones as well. That's the thing. It depends on how high you are on some of these. And that is Ireland. Now, recently, Ireland's put out some good stuff. Films that I've liked. I haven't loved, but I've really liked them. And that would be Let the Wrong One In. Which is... I'm gonna dispel this right now if I haven't already. Not a parody of Let the Right One In. It's just a vampire comedy film. You've got The Cellar, which I enjoyed. I know a lot of people didn't, but... That's okay. Um, you've got Lee Cronin's The Hole in the Ground. You've got The Lodgers, The Devil's Doorway. So those are some really good ones. A Dark Song, The Hollow. I feel like all of those have come out in the past eight years or so, and they're all really solid horror films. I don't think any go into that great status, and I think that's why I put them where they are. Um, and then you've got an older one with Rawhead Rex, which I know Dave Dr. Shock Becker is a big fan of. I think it's a pretty solid movie too, but it just goes back to these Irish films. I really like all the films on this list. I just don't think any of them go into that great territory, and that's what's holding it back. Other than that, this is a pretty solid list. Uh, If you're just starting out, I'd say maybe something like The Hole in the Ground is a good place to start. The Hollow is pretty good too. I remember that got a ton of buzz when that was coming out. I do enjoy The Hollow, so... And last on this list, we go back to Asia, and it's Malaysia. Now, I was brought into Malaysian horror just, I think, last year when I watched the film Ro, that's R-O-H, or Soul, I think it's being called, but some of these translations are so generic that it's hard to find the movie, so R-O-H, if you go search by that, that's definitely one to check out, and it is very strong. They've also has a series of films called the Munafik series. I haven't seen any of those, but that's another big thing in Malaysia. Apparently there are a series of those. But ROH, Ro, that's where you start. I really enjoyed that movie. That's such a great movie and gives you some background into the lore and everything about you know the Malaysian belief system and their society and culture. And I think that's really a big point and a big emphasis on why you would watch international horror in the first place. Okay, so that'll do it for Pool D. Pool D and Pool C, those two winners from each, will go on to face each other in the next round. Over to Pool E. And with Pool E, we have South Korea, we've got Norway, South Africa, and Iran. And so South Korea is the one to start with, and I think... There's almost not a lot of introduction that needs to be done with South Korea. I think they are one of the top three countries in this entire thing. That's my own personal opinion, and I think they've done 
most of that in the recent years. But we just continue to get, you know, one or two horror movies from South Korea, usually a year. We've gotten some classics like Train to Busan or The Wailing or I Saw the Devil. But there's a ton of other good stuff. You know, I liked a film called The Closet and I liked Peninsula too. I know those aren't high on a lot of people's lists, but I did like those. A metamorphosis, a Hashtag Alive, I think both of the, a Monstrum. I mean, a lot of these I feel like people are middle of the road on, but I really enjoyed them. I just tend to gravitate to their type of horror movie. You've got The Call from a few years ago, The Divine Fury, which is like an action horror movie. Ganjum Haunted Asylum, which is a really creepy one. You've got The Mimic, not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. You have Bedeviled, which is a crazy one. Thirst, which is this pretty off-the-wall vampire movie. Host, which is an older kaiju movie. And A Tale of Two Sisters. I just think this is such a solid list. And surprisingly, A Tale of Two Sisters, and that's probably because of the time that it came out, I think that's the only one that's received, actually released, an American remake at this point. I don't know. I just... I just really love South Korea. This is barely like scraping the surface. There's so much stuff that comes out of there. Like I said, we usually get a few films from the year. They're not going to be great all the time, but I really do enjoy a lot of them more than I probably should based on what other people think. But I love South Korean horror. There's so much variety. There's so much there. And it's truly one of the burgeoning markets within, you know, with filmmakers coming up and with films releasing. I think it's one of those that's still on the rise. Where to start with South Korea? I think it's as easy as just saying Train to Busan. I think that is one of the best movies of this century. And I really, I really do. I think it's a, it was an instant classic when it came out. And I think you do yourself a disservice if you don't see Train to Busan. If you want to start somewhere after that, because I feel like that's a fairly obvious one. I would honestly point you to something like uh, probably Thirst. I think Thirst is a really good film. It may be a little slower, may not be for everyone, but I think Thirst is a really good one. All right, let's jump over to Europe and have our next combatant enter here. That is Norway. Norway, I think, has put out some solid movies since the, you know, the aughts have hit. I think you've got the newer film, like The Innocence, which would almost put this one on the list regardless for me if it was just that. You also have Thelma, which is, I think the director of The Innocence wrote Thelma, and I really like Thelma as well. I think that's a very underrated, underseen horror movie. You've got Troll Hunter, of course, which is one of the modern classics, one of the best found footage movies I think ever made. You also have Dead Snow, and I think I think there are two Dead Snow movies. I think that's it. But those are a lot of fun, and a lot of people will know those. You've got Cold Prey, which is a slasher series. Now, I didn't exactly take to the first Cold Prey movie, but I do want to go back and revisit it and give it another chance, at least. I think one of the problems with Cold Prey is I get it mixed up with other things. There's that cold skin movie, and then there's cold hell. There's just too many of these, you know, cold movies. <laughs> I just can't keep up with them or keep them straight. But 
And then you have an older one from Norway called Lake of the Dead, and I think that was in that All the Haunts BR set by Severin with folk horror films. I haven't seen that one yet, but that's another feather in the cap for Norway. As far as what to watch for Norway, I would recommend The Innocents to start with, but I think Troll Hunter is probably the one you need to start with. I love The Innocents, but I love Troll Hunter too, so Troll Hunter is definitely one to check out. The next two are pretty interesting. I think they've really only gained, you know, a solid footing in the last couple of years. And the first one up is South Africa. Now, South Africa has had some movies like Gaia, uh, one called Soul, or I think it's called, has like eight as the poster. So there's another one like that. But that was from a couple of years ago, and that one's pretty interesting. Then you have something like Good Madam, which I wasn't a big fan of, or Fried Berry, which I also wasn't a fan of, but I know people like those. So you have a solid, like, indie South African horror here in the past few years. Then you have, of course, the early 90s ones with Hardware and Dust Devil, which were done by Richard Stanley. I like both of those quite a bit. So South Africa, I don't think for me it has anything, you know, Again, it's not anything great, but I think these are solid movies. As far as what to start with, oh, I don't even know. I think that Soul movie is a pretty good one to start with. It's pretty easy to follow. But if you're looking for some really weird, really gross sci-fi, you can't go wrong with hardware either. Alright, Iran is the last one in this pool. They only have really two movies that I know of. And that I've watched, and I like both of them. I don't love both of them, but I think they're both solid. And that is The Night from a couple years ago, and Under the Shadow from several years back, which I think is really strong. Yeah, those are the two picks that I had from Iran. I would start with Under the Shadow if you're going to start with anything. I think The Night's an interesting film, but it doesn't deliver necessarily on its promises. So that's where I'm at on that. But that is Pool... E. So that's all for pool E. And I'm going to go on to pool F, where the winners of pool E will join with. And this one is led by Spain, and then Thailand, Brazil, and Senegal. So a very, I think it's a varied pool. I think there's a lot of variety here. So starting off with Spain, and I really love Spanish horror. I think there's been so much good stuff in coming out of Spain for years and years. And I have one of my longest list for Spanish horror. If you want to talk What Have You Done For Me Lately, you've got things like Piggy and The Chalk Line, which I really loved from last year. You've got Veronica, Cold Skin, which I had talked about. Um, you've got the films of Alex de la Iglesia, which I am a really big fan of. He did The Bar, he did Witching and Bitching, he did The Last Circus, Day of the Beast, The Baby's Room. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff that I really like. I think we, hold on a minute, I think we had some Canadian geese there in the background. I think Bill's sending him, Bill Van Vagel's sending his army of uh, geese over here to throw Canada's name in the hat. But Bill, just calm down, take your geese back, buddy. We're going to go ahead and keep Canada domestic. But anyway, continuing on, uh, we've got other things like The Corpse of Anna Fritz, which I was surprised by. 
I know Jay the Dead has been championing that one for years. I thought it was pretty solid if you can get past the obvious holdups with that one. Uh, Sleep Tight is really good. Julia's Eyes I really like. The Skin I Live In with Antonio Banderas is in that one. That one's good. Um, You've got Wreck, which is a seminal piece of 21st century horror. You've got To Let, which is, uh, and that is T-O, and then space L-E-T, which one I really like. J.A. Bayona's The Orphanage. You've got The Others, and from that director previously, you have Thesis, which is very underseen and underrated, and I really like that one. That was actually my pick for that international episode on Father and Son Watch Horror. Then, you know, you have Pieces and Slugs, which were done by the same director, which I think are... They're fine movies. They're fine. You've got The House That Screamed and Who Can Kill a Child by Narciso Abanez Cerador. You've also, you know, this is the home of the Paul Nashi film, and I really like a lot of Paul Nashi movies. Um, there's a really cool one called Satan's Blood. The Lorelei's Grasp is a pretty fun monster movie. And the Blind Dead series, of course, by Armando de Osario. I did, there's a reason why I did an, you know, an hour and 50 long episode on Spanish horror specifically and doing a bunch of mini reviews because there's so much good stuff that I don't think, I think this is the most underrated of all the top countries on this list. I just don't think Spain gets talked about enough. There's such a variety and there's so many strong movies that Spain is really a strong contender for me in this, but I don't know how far it's going to get in the voting. If you want somewhere to start, I would say Wreck is the easy point. If you've already seen Wreck, I would default to Day of the Beast, which is one of my favorites. But there's just so much here. And again, if you want to go back and listen to that Spanish episode, I mini-reviewed a ton of Spanish horror films. Their first opponent in this region is Thailand. And Thailand, I think, got on here this high because of, you know... For me, it's what have you done for me lately, and I absolutely love The Medium from 2021. That was in my top three that year. Absolutely love The Medium. But aside from that, there was this film called Coming Soon that I checked out a few years back, and that's a pretty good horror movie set in a movie theater. You've got Shudder, S-U-T-T-E-R, which I think is a decently well-known film. I mean, if you've if you know of things like The Eye and One Missed Call and all that, you probably know about Shudder because it was coming out in the same time. You've got Raw Tree, which is a movie that Nathan Bartleball turned me on to, and I think that's a pretty cool watch. You've got The Unseeable, Pimock, and Forbia. Now, Pimock is not my kind of thing, but other people might like it. I haven't seen The Unseeable, which is very ironic, and Forbia, which is... I think it's supposed to be like phobia, but it's got a four in front of it. Um, Haven't seen that either, but those are ones that you see pop up when you hear about Thailand. As far as starting point, I think the medium's pretty off the rails, but I think that's as good a starting point as any. If not, you'd probably start with something like Shudder. But I think Thailand has that weird sense of humor as well that we see in other countries and Uh, Something that maybe is a little off, but it's very endearing. Okay, next up is Brazil. And with Brazil, you've got a couple of 
good things in the last few years. You've got Medusa and Skull, The Mask. You've got Good Manners. I really like all three of those to varying degrees. I think Good Manners is the one I like the best out of that. You've got something called The Night Shifter, which I think was high on Dr. Shock's list. I still haven't seen it, and I need to see that one, but that's up there. You've got the um, movies of Jose Mojica Marins, and he did stuff like At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul. The Coffin Joe, if you've heard of Coffin Joe, that's his character that he's created and actually plays through a lot of these movies, but he's done a lot of genre fare. And I I mean, I'd say most of that involves Coffin Joe. But that's what I have for Brazil. If I would recommend anything here, it would be Good Manners. I think the um, Coffin Joe movies are fun, but Good Manners is probably the easiest to get into. And then last up, this one will be really quick because Senegal has one film that I'm aware of, and that is Salome. And I really liked Salome from this past year. It got the nod on that movie alone. So if you haven't seen that one, definitely go check it out. I know there's a couple champions for that one out there. But that's a pretty solid movie, and that has gotten Senegal in this competition. Okay, we're wrapping up Pool F there, and turning a corner, we've got a couple left here, and we've got some solid contenders still left to talk about. So let's get into Pool G. Pool G has one of the probably heavy favorites in this tournament, and that is Italy as its number one seed, and then it has Sweden, Poland, and Macedonia. So I think this one, again, has a good variety. Italy, I mean, how much do I need to go into it? If you're talking what have you done for me recently, Italy hasn't done a whole lot. I think Dark Glasses was a really good return for Argento. I mean, Argento's been making movies consistently since the 70s to varying degrees of quality. But I think Dark Glasses was a good comeback for him. One that I really liked was a classic horror story. I know a lot of people don't like the twist in that one, but I think it's still a good one. After that, for me, you've really got to go back a lot further. You go back to something in the 90s. I think Cemetery Man is a classic and one of the absolute best of the 90s. And I love the entire catalog of Michele Suave, including, you know, The Devil's Daughter or The Sect, however you find that one as. Stage Fright and The Church. I really like all four of his films. You have the works of Dario Argento, which he's done so much stuff. Tenebra, Deep Red, all that kind of stuff. Suspiria, of course, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just, he's put out so many classics. You've got Lucio Fulci, which isn't necessarily my speed all the time. I do like several Fulci films, but you can't deny what an iconic figure he is in Italian filmmaking. You've got Mario Bava, who is another legend who did a lot of gothic films back in the 60s. You've got his son, Lamberto Baba, who's done things like Demons and Macabre and uh, Blade in the Dark. You've got so many countless filmmakers. I mean, you've got Ruggiero Deodato. Uh, You've got just too many to name, honestly. You've got all the giallos. You've got all the gothic horror that they did. Um, A lot of that with Barbara Steele involved. A film that I really like, a couple films that I really like from the late... 80s are Beyond the Door 3 and Ghost House, and you don't need to have any knowledge of the other Beyond the Door movies for Beyond the Door 3. In fact, Beyond the Door 2 is actually considered to be Shock by Mario Bava. So that's a that's an interesting one. 
And then you've got, you know, An Angel for Satan and The Ghost, which are a pair of Barbara Steele gothic films that I really like. And Milt with the Stone Women, which was just rescued or recovered recently. There's just so much in Italy. And to, I mean, obviously, I'm going to suggest Suspiria if you want to start somewhere. I don't know if that's necessarily a good starting point. I think something like Tenebra would be better to start with. I don't, I don't know. Italian horror is something you're either going to love or you're not going to like at all. So it's a risk, but you probably know at this point whether or not you like Italian horror. Okay, next up in this one, we're going over to Sweden. And for Sweden, I think the main one, because they've done a lot of older films, but the main one that I think carries this entire country is Let the Right One In. I am a huge fan of Let the Right One In. I think it's one of the best of the aughts. And you might be noticing there's some bit of a little trend. This is something I'm probably going to be talking about in some future episodes, but there's a lot of these movies from these countries that came out in the aughts, and I don't think it's any coincidence, but you've got older films like The Phantom Carriage and Haxon, and then you've got something like Hour of the Wolf from Bergman. Uh, one that I haven't seen is Insomnia, which was, I think, remade by Christopher Nolan. I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched the remake either. But that's one that I hear good things about. And then you've got one called Knocking from just a couple years back. I didn't like that one a whole lot, but I know some people did. Okay, we're going to stay in Europe. I think this is an all-European region. And we're going to go down to Poland. Now, what Poland has that I've watched is pretty much the movie I Like Bats, which I think is a pretty fun movie. I like I like Bats a lot. And then there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen, something like Mother Joan of the Angels, which I've had a hard time tracking down, a movie called The Wolf, a movie called Loki's, and I think both of those are in that folk horror set, but I need to track both of those down and watch them. And then you've got a movie called Demon from 2015. Now, I didn't necessarily like Demon, but I know a lot of people did, so Demon's a strong one. Oh, and um, as far as where to start for Sweden, I'd say Let the Right One In is the only answer for that. With Poland, I've got to say I like bats because it's the only thing I've seen, but I think Demon's honestly more accessible. I guess I have watched that one. I think a lot of people like that one, so Demon is probably the best place to start. Even, you know, I like bats is pretty off the wall. And the last one in this group is Macedonia, and that is another country that's made it on a single film, and that was a single film that came out last year, just like Salome, and that is You Won't Be Alone. I think that's strong enough a movie to get this country on the list. And, you know, what are, their, what are their chances with one movie going up against some of these other countries? I don't know. But I like to see that we're getting so much diversity in horror and where the horror is coming from. So, love to see that. And the winners of that will meet up with Pool H, which is the last pool here. And that consists of Australia, Mexico... Argentina, and Austria. So, that maybe not the best circumstances to get Austria and Australia in the same one, but hey, we're doing it. So let's start off with the land down under. We're going to Australia here. I think Australia has such a long history of solid horror movies, and I think I forget sometimes how much is there. You've got ones that are recent, like Bloody Hell and Cargo and Killing Ground, which I really like. You've got one that's probably considered a modern classic with The Babadook. 
got a couple Gator movies in Rogue and Blackwater. You've got Brian Trenchard Smith, who did Turkey Shoot, which I really like. Road Games, which is one that people seem to be coming around to here recently with Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that's a really good thriller. Allison's Birthday is an incredible folk horror movie that I really like. There is a pretty cool um, creature feature, too, in Razorback, which I don't think gets talked about enough. It's a pretty solid movie. As far as any others that I've seen, Relic is one that I know a lot of people liked from a couple years back. And then you've got a whole bunch of others that I have not seen yet, but I know are held in high esteem amongst some in the horror community, and that is Picnic at Hanging Rock, Lake Mungo, Hounds of Love, Next of Kin, The Loved Ones, Wolf Creek, Patrick, Wake and Fright, Celia. I mean, it's a very long list. Again, for me, I don't know if there's one of these that stands out as... I guess you got the Babadook there. I I mean, this is a pretty solid country, honestly, and I don't think it was one that I thought of going into this as much. I didn't foresee it being this good, but I think it really is. Next up is another one that I debated on whether to put on here just because... It, Technically, it is North America, but I don't think that we really count Mexico as domestic when we're talking about that. Mexico, of course, has the Guillermo del Toro films, which, you know, co-produced with Spain for some of those. But you've got Kronos and The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth and all that, which are all good. You've also got Cemetery of Terror and Grave Robbers, which I like both of those films. I've talked about at least Cemetery of Terror before. Those are both fun 80s films. One that's not necessarily for me and Santo Sangri, that is uh, Jodorowsky, but, you know, some people seem to like that one, and I think it's a pretty prolific one. You have Alicarda, which is a really good, weird 70s kind of non-sploitation film. Tigers Are Not Afraid from several years back, which I think is pretty good. Another one I think is pretty good is We Are What We Are. One that I haven't seen is The Curse of the Crying Woman, and I know that translates, that's literally the translation of, you know, The Curse of La Llorona, but I haven't seen that one. Uh, There's one called uh, Even the Wind is Afraid, and that's done by Carlos Enrique Taboada, and I really need to check out some of his filmography. And there's also one called The Similars that I haven't seen. But I think that's a pretty strong one. I mean, this is a pretty strong region in general, I think. I'm very curious of how it's going to end up, because you've got strong contenders in Mexico and Australia for sure. Um, As far as I didn't touch on either one where to start, I'd say for Mexico you have to start with something with Guillermo del Toro if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, Cemetery of Terror is pretty fun, but Tigers Are Not Afraid is probably more up the alley of that if you want a prestige type picture. With Australia, where to start? For me, it's probably Road Games. It's a very easy-to-get-into film. And, you know, you dip your toes in Australian horror before you go full in. So, Next up in this pool is Argentina, which has had films like Terrified, which got a lot of buzz. Uh, more recent films like Legion and Pussycake, which I think are all right. And then ones I haven't seen, I've heard some people... I think Greg Bazzelli talk up Virus 32, which I haven't seen yet. Got something called History of the Occult, which I'm interested in. 
one called the Funeral Home from a couple years ago, and then I'm counting the last matinee in Argentina. I think it might have been a co-production, but Argentina was definitely putting up some money for this one. And The Last Matinee is an incredible film from a couple years ago. I wouldn't say incredible, but it is a really cool throwback to a lot of the movies I had fun with from the 70s and 80s. And the very last country of the night is Austria. With Austria, you know, it's it's last, but I don't think it's least. There's some pretty cool stuff with Austria. I mean, I personally think Austria is one of the strongest of those, you know, four seeds that are floating about out there. They did Cold Hell, and again, there it is. You've got Cold Skin, you've got Cold Hell, you've got Cold Prey. They're all on this episode. I'm never going to keep them straight, but Cold Hell is like a Neo Giallo, and I really like that one. I did a review about that one, or a review of that one, on that second Giallo episode I did. There's also The Dark, which I think is a pretty solid movie from a couple years ago. Uh, Goodnight Mommy. And then a couple I haven't seen. Hagazusa, which I've heard people are mixed on. And then one called Angst. I haven't seen either of those, but I think the other three that I mentioned are pretty solid. (laughs) I keep forgetting, but if I was going to start anywhere with Argentina, it would probably be... Terrified's probably the one you want to start with there. Or The Last Matinee. I like both of those. If you're just getting started with Austria, I'd say go cold hell all the way. I think that's a really cool movie. I think it's such a good thriller and a neo-giallo. And you know how I feel about giallo. So, yeah, that's going to do it. That's kind of our field. And hopefully you guys didn't find this boring or anything like that. I just thought it would be cool to go down and list some films in all these countries, go down the field, how they're paired up, and kind of set the stage for the matchups. I think what's going to happen, probably the day after I post this, I will start putting up some posts on social media with polls. So keep your eye on Facebook, keep your eye on Twitter. I'm not going to tell anybody if you vote for one country on one and a different country on the other. I don't care. Just get out there and vote and participate with that and I think that's going to be a lot of fun watching how those polls end up and of course I will have to do a follow-up later on so yeah give me all your feedback on that what I missed if you liked this if you didn't like this if you want more things like this in the future please let me know and before I close here I'm doing a pretty much a true blind watch so I want to get into this this is kind of a follow-up to the second witch episode I put out a couple weeks ago, or a month ago at this point, and I got contacted by Bill Van Vegel about a film that would fit into this, but he hadn't seen, and he had had trouble tracking down. And in fact, the only place that I found it was Vinegar Syndrome, where I would have to buy it, and it seemed like it was going out of print, or it was getting close to going out of print. So I bought this movie, I finally got it in the mail yesterday, I'm going to pop it in, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to come back here with a review as after I record this section. And I'm going to talk about this movie, which is called Terror. And once I review this, I want you to give your thoughts and let me know if you've seen this thing, if you've heard of this thing, because it seems like it is hard to find. And I think I'm going to launch into a little discussion there. So let's get into my little mini discussion on Terror. Okay, so... For you, it's been an instant, but for me, it feels like a lifetime because (laughs) this was not a good blind buy, I'll tell you that. 
once again, like Bill recommended this to me. The whole reason I bought this thing is because it was going out of print, and it seems like it's hard to find. And I hate when that happens to movies. I hate when you're not able to get something, whether you like it or not. I mean, and you couldn't find this thing anywhere, so I was curious. But let me go ahead and give you my thoughts on terror and why you shouldn't watch it. Okay, so this one was directed by Norman J. Warren, who has done hits such as Inseminoid, Bloody New Year, and Satan's Slave from 1976, not the Indonesian one. And, you know, there's also some uh, shameless self-promotion of Satan's Slave in this movie. There is a poster of it on the wall next to Thriller, a cruel motion picture. So those two posters are on the wall at one point. The synopsis reads... The descendants of a witch-hunting family and their close friends are stalked and killed by a mysterious entity. That sounds pretty cool, right? Here's my problem with terror, and first and foremost, the way this thing started, I was pretty interested. I thought it had a cool setup. I loved the idea of like a witch hunting the ancestors of this family. That seemed cool to me. I mean, I really liked the way this was starting. The problem is is this just devolves into a Suspiria knockoff. And I hate to say knockoff, I hate to use that term, because some movies, you know, they're, it, this one's definitely doing its own thing, but unfortunately none of it worked for me. To give you a little more setup, what we have is our main character, and she is at a party, they're filming a porn film, and they basically, the guy says, you know, I can hypnotize people. So he hypnotizes her, and the guy that, owns the place, says, yeah, my generations of family have all been murdered, and there's this curse on us about this witch, and the guy hypnotizes our main protagonist here, and she gets up and, like, is in a trance and goes and grabs this sword and almost murders someone. So that's how this thing starts out, and I really liked that, but the problem is, is from there, you don't get to know any of the characters. You really don't. They have very minimal personality. The kills are pretty long sequences. I would say you get like these five-minute scenes where we're following the character around in a POV, and it seems like, you know, the killer is just taking forever to execute these things. I think that's where he's trying to ape the Argento stuff with the long, drawn-out sequences, but the problem is, is there's not really a whole lot of tension or dread with these ones. Definitely tries to use the colors as well. There are splashes of Suspiria-like colors in this movie. There's even a sequence where there's a floating car that's supposed to terrify us, I guess. I don't know. At the end of the day, the effects are pretty bad. The writing's pretty bad. The acting's fine. There's just not a lot here. There's not a lot to the characters. There's not a lot to the violence and kills themselves. Like There's not a whole lot there to enjoy. And it's funny, though, maybe Argento was listening because there is something in here that is very reminiscent of something that would happen in Inferno a couple years later. Eh, it's, it's most likely a coincidence. I don't think Argento was going out and watching this movie from the UK. But I had high hopes for this one. It had a pretty cool release from Vinegar Syndrome. Unfortunately, I just can't steer anyone towards this movie. It's just bland there's there's nothing really there if you're someone who doesn't care about story and just want to watch the the kills and the horror elements 
it's really not there for you. It's a cool setup. It never delivers. So I can't really recommend this to a whole lot of people. I'd come in. I think there's still some decent things about this movie. Um, I don't want to completely trash on it. Like I said, I like the setup in the beginning. It just doesn't go anywhere for me. I mean, the the very last scene, the way it ends, is pretty cool. I guess there's a couple of other cool moments throughout that I don't want to spoil anything on those, but for the most part, this thing is just it's it's just boring. I can't recommend it just because there's it's not like it's terrible. It's not like it's great. It's just there. And I think it was just a phone-in job, it seems like. I I just, there's not any charm or anything to this one to me. So I'm going to go ahead and tell people to skip this one. Please don't go out and buy the Vinegar Syndrome copy of this. It's really not worth to blind buy. I mean, I don't blind. I was kind of pressured into getting this, not by Bill, but by seeing that it was out of print and it's not really streaming anywhere, you can't really find it anywhere. And that happens a lot, but I don't usually blind buy stuff. I think in recent memory I've only blind bought like maybe four or five movies that aren't like dollar store buys. And in most of those cases, it was something I was covering for an episode or it was on a sale. And a couple of them that I did for those, I think I did a couple on the Spanish horror episode that I just couldn't find anywhere else. And those turned out really well. And then I had bought another one that was really cheap uh, when I found it. And I wasn't a huge fan of it. I probably wouldn't have bought it if I would have watched the movie first. This one I definitely don't even like owning, but I will keep it over there as like a a weird cinematic thing. I, you know, I bought the movie. I got to live with it. But that's where I am on terror. I'd give it around a 5 out of 10. And it's really not worth your time unless you're a Vinegar Syndrome completist or something. I don't know. Vinegar Syndrome has a very low interest rate for me. I would say I'm probably interested in maybe 25% of Vinegar Syndrome releases, maybe not even that. But you have to give it to them when they do put out some movies that we never thought we'd get. So, All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. I'd appreciate your participation and involvement if you're interested in it in the uh, daily polls that I will put up on social media with this World Horror Classic. This is an experiment for me. I hope it goes well. I hope you like it and enjoy it. If you didn't like this, please let me know too. I mean, I don't just want positive feedback. If you seriously didn't like it, you don't want to say anything publicly, just message me. Just tell me, hey, this wasn't for me. So I just know going forward if this is something people like, if they don't like, whatever. As far as what's next, Nathan Bartlebaugh and I have recorded a, you know, best movies of, we did a top 20, I think we ended up doing, of 1991. So that one will drop after this one. That'll be the next one you hear. And that was a lot of fun. That's going to be the biggest episode that I've ever done. I mean, it is clocking in around the three-hour mark. So that was a long one, but it was a lot of fun talking about 1991 horror movies. The plan is, you know, I did 1990 by myself, then Nathan and I did 92, and we kind of jumped back to 91 to get the continuity in order, and we're going to try to go you know, 93, 94, 95, so on and so forth through the 90s and wrap up the 90s. So that's the plan going forward. I don't know how long that'll take because it does take a long time to clear off my watch list for all these years, but that one was a lot of fun. So look forward to that. That'll be coming in a couple of weeks. Other than that, you can follow the podcast at Screaming Ages on Twitter. 
You can join the open Facebook group, Screaming Through the Ages, a horror movie history podcast. You can send an email to screamingthroughtheages at yahoo.com. Call and leave a voicemail at 740-297-6556. And as always, I appreciate it if you spread the word. If you love the podcast, just you know, tell your friends about it, and that's how we keep growing. Leave reviews on whatever podcast service that you have of your choice. You know, I know I don't have access to Apple Podcasts, and it's they kind of make it hard to go in and do anything if you don't. So a lot of times I'll leave reviews on other podcasting services, so I perfectly understand that. I just appreciate hearing from people and hearing their feedback. Until next time, keep your eyes on your favorite podcast feed for your next bi-weekly horror movie history lesson. 